Thank you. Good morning to all the leaders, to everyone listening to me, to all the houses. Good morning to you all. I can see a law house. I can see the house of exchange. I may have missed some messages, um, but greetings to you all. I don't want to take too much of your time this morning. I actually want this to be quite brief. And I want to just share with you what I believe has been placed in my heart so that almost just saying what PT said yesterday so that you can go back and do as you please with the word. Um, one of the things that stood out to me and why this morning has been titled Life Givers is the fact that Pastor Toby started with the comment, is God still interested about ruling? Do you remember the question? God, are you still interested with ruling? Why? Because it does not seem like it. Or the church who are meant to represent God, meaning sharing the mind of God to a generation, they show no care for leadership. The political world has been one abandoned because we see it as something bad. That's what the churches that we were coming or we grew up from shared with us. So when PT's made that comment, he's gone on to say that, of course, God is interested with ruling. Um, you remember the scripture that he started off with? When the righteous thrive or when they rule, the people will rejoice. But if the wicked is in power, the people will mourn. And what, what is God concerned about? In recent weeks, I've been sharing with you the obsession of the Father. How each soul is of great value to God. I don't want you to ever forget these things because we're entering a time and season that's going to call for your ability to mobilize. It's going to call for, to, it's going to call for you and I to show how well we've become light. And if our light is not being dimmed. So these words must be words that you hide in your heart that remember when I taught you when we were speaking about the freedom of the soul. How if God found a soul in hell, he will not leave it there. He will not abandon it, that soul. He will not allow that soul to see corruption. But that's not my point this morning. But it's key that you know this. So God is concerned about if the people mourn or rejoice and he wants them rejoicing. But in order for the people to rejoice, he must find people. So in order to save people, he's looking for a people. In order to save the masses, he's looking for people. A people bound together by a cause. So for me, listening to these words or PT reiterating these points, because this is not the first time he shares these things with us. There are certain things we have to look into. First, we have to look into our lives. Again, you must know, and let me share this with you, because I feel like I'm on, I'm on one in terms of having to repeat this point. You have to know, you have to be conscious that religion is going to try and make you ineffective. That's something you must have consciously on your mind. 
Because most of us practice religion without knowing what true religion is. I don't want to go there this morning, but do you remember that true religion is still the engagement, how you engage with others? PT taught that, uh, taught that to us recently. Talk to me. Don't come to the studio and do quiet business. I'm speaking to you guys. I'm not speaking to empty chairs. God looks at us and he begins to remind us or he begins to teach us because he knows that we have been misinformed when it comes to the matters of religion. Religion is not about you. It's not looking inwards. It's how you engage with others. But in order to engage with others properly, you must also look inwards. We must take heed to ourselves. What does that mean for us this morning? We must take heed to what we are becoming. Having spent years now, whether it be three years or four years or however long, having spent time in this religion, are you still effective? These are questions you have to ask yourself. Where am I influencing? Where am I speaking life? That's where I'm going this morning. Where am I able to raise people who are dead to life? Where? Because we can get caught up among ourselves, but be growing ineffective in the world that God is calling us into. Do not forget that the only reason why God or Christ called men to himself was only to eventually send them to the world. That you must become your three years being with me must make you influential enough for you to be able to make disciples of the world. Please pay attention to what Christ said. It was actually very powerful. He said that the three years of being with me, you will become so influential that you can make disciples of the world. So you have to look carefully in every respect, in every role that you participate in. In the church, you must ask yourself, what am I becoming? Can I step out into the world and can people find me as one to follow? Because that's the great commission. So when you hear, and I will speak on it maybe briefly today, but when you hear that now we're getting active, now is the time, all the times we've been speaking about going to Europe, it now starts. What we're looking for there is people who understand the agenda and people who have become capable hands or capable people to carry it out but let me not go ahead of myself so pt said yesterday that communities bring wealth do you remember that communities bring wealth he says that if people if a people can anything that can be bound together will prosper and I think that's a powerful statement because when you look into life, you realize that it doesn't have to be what's morally right or what's widely accepted. If a people can be bound together, if a bond can be formed, eventually their conviction will allow them see prosperity eventually. Because of what they believe, they see it more as life. So there's nothing outside of them that will cause them to give up on their conviction. So I almost want to say to you, what causes there to be a community? What brings a people together? I think the question that I left yesterday with so that I can think was what brings a people together? And I wish to say that it's affliction. But it's not. 
we have met a people who are afflicted and we have seen both in history and, and in our modern day, in our present day, we have seen people that even though they are afflicted, for example, the black community, even though they are afflicted, guess what? They even go on to afflict themselves. So affliction by itself does not bring a people together. Do you know what brings a people together? A liberating voice. I've tried to look through different spaces where people come together. And if you pay close attention, what brings a people together is a liberating voice. Do I believe that affliction helps in bringing people together? I think it's one of the factors that helps raises a man. You know, it wasn't until yesterday that I understood a deeper revelation of PT's constant illustration of Adam coming out from his native being. God, whenever he wants to raise or whenever he wants to change a place, whenever God wants to change a community, he raises a man from his grounds. He raises them. He will share in their own calamity. He will share in their own ruins. He will share in everything that they become because whoever God was raising was being raised from a ground that was once plagued with darkness. There was no form. Everywhere was empty. Yet God will raise a man. What am I trying to say to you? God raised us out of the same problems that we're trying to now solve. But he raised us to be a voice, a liberating voice. So when somebody looks at a Nia, if people grew up with Nia but now see Nia, what they're meant to see is not just a girl. Her life speaks liberation. Her life speaks an alternative. Her life speaks change. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? It speaks. So what brings a people together? First, a voice that liberates. When, In fact, you think of people like Moses. Affliction alone did not bring their liberation. It was God had to pull Moses out. Moses had to come with a liberating message. He had to tell them that there's an alternative that yes, you are managing on few. If you work, if you labor hard, you will have just enough to sleep. You will have just enough to get by that day. But he says that there's a land that I want to take you to. Notice that he himself had not seen this land, but he had actually seen it because he was now convicted. I'm getting somewhere. He had actually seen it first in his heart enough for him to be able to convince and persuade three million people imagine if god imagine if god can find people in this family that are so convicted about the world that god is trying to introduce to a to a community plagued with poverty do you believe that you can prosper or you can take people to a prosperous life you must first see it in your heart by your conviction and that's how Moses was able to lead 3 million people. But take note that even though that these people were afflicted, they were sharing the same problem. Scripture still tells us before Moses left, the people that were afflicted, they began fighting themselves. I'm trying to say that even though affliction is a necessary factor 
to bring in change. Affliction by itself, affliction without a voice will not change. So in the streets, what do we need? A voice. In certain worlds that we see people trying to penetrate or prosper through, what are they missing? Just a person that can speak. So I want us to look again. I think time has brought us or the spirit has brought us back to this scripture. Joshua. Time has brought us back into this scripture. The spirit has brought us back into the scripture because all that I want to say to you honestly today or this morning is to tell you that God is looking for men. As we go out into the cities, into the nations, as we choose to engage here in London City too, what is God looking for in and amongst us? Men. For the point that I believe that God laid on my heart that I want to drive home, God is looking for captains. God is looking for captains. I've never said this to you before, but this is what I know is in my heart to say to you this morning. Captains who can bring together a people because of how they move and what they say. So let's actually start from verse 6, not verse 7. Joshua chapter 14, verse 6. Then the children of Judah came to Joshua in Gilgal, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said to him, You know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea. I was forty years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. What made a Caleb, a word that sent Caleb, Everything that defines Caleb at this moment was the moment of him being sent. We don't know anything about Caleb outside of his sending. What I'm trying to say to you is, as we look into the wealth family, as we look into the life family, right now you may feel like there's no definition into you or there's no definition to you. It seems like you've just been sitting around and that's completely fine. Because the only thing that history will mark about you is the moment of you being sent. Meaning that everything comes to life now. At this point of being sent, everything comes to life. So if there's not been a story of exploits around your giving, just make sure you're attentive to hear the word of your sending. If there's been no word of exploits around your mobilization, or any words of faith, the exploits of your faith, that's completely fine. Just pay attention to the word of your sending. And I've come to you this morning to say you that to say to you all that the works in Europe, the works here in the United Kingdom starts today. We have been speaking about it, but it now comes to life now practically. So it doesn't matter how you feel about yourselves, even your shortcomings. In fact, what else should we have experienced if you had not yet been sent? I would not be surprised in someone's falling if they had not yet been sent. So everything comes to life. Whatever has happened before now means nothing. There's a dummy, a pastor dummy that the world will begin to write about. 
a world will begin to document because she has been sent because you and I have been sent everything matters from this moment so what brought Caleb to life the word that Moses sent him to do the word of his sending please carry on reading for me I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me to Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. I love his emphasis that he was 40 years old. He was patient or life was patient to introduce him. The moment, so this is why I'm emphasizing, it doesn't matter how long it seems it has been. For me, I sit down and as much as I would like to call names, in fact, let me not go ahead of myself. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me, yeah? From Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. We treated this before. I think another translation says, I brought back a word according to my convictions. You remember when I said to you, when we're speaking about sin, actually, I spoke this when... I didn't think about that. But when I spoke about sin, I spoke this word. That what you're meant to bring back is according to what was written. For I will write my laws upon their minds and their hearts. So what am I going into Europe with? The words that PT had been writing in my heart. The words that had been written in my being. That's what I'm actually coming back. That's the real challenge how you can keep the words even when you go out into the world so when some of us when 12 of us are going to Ireland on Monday and as we will start going as some of you will start going what we're looking for is to make sure that we can keep up our convictions despite what we see our convictions will not change based on what we see there our convictions will actually be further affirmed when we go out there so I brought back a report according to my convictions but keep it with the new King James because heart is important for what I want to share with you this morning go on nevertheless my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt this is what I want to emphasize and draw your attention to read from verse 7 again because we're going to need to come back to this go on I was 40 years old when Moses the servant of the Lord sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land and I brought back word to him as it was in my heart so let's stop there and let's think about this Moses sent 12 these 12 Moses had been writing in their hearts for years telling them about a land flowing with milk and honey he had been speaking to them he had been speaking the word of the Lord that they will go out to take that land because that land truly was theirs now when Moses wanted to send spies do you know if you look at the numbers account and I know you know this but I want to emphasize a point on captains do you know that the people that were sent were not just anyone these were the captains these were the leaders of the tribes who were sent the 12 that came back to give a report that included a joshua and included a caleb were captains and i feel that this scripture wants to tell us something because god wants to pick out captains and i hope and i would have wished to have said you're a captain or you're a captain or you're a captain but a captain is discovered on the field 
I can't even begin to name a captain. You will begin to discover the captains among you. But how would you know a captain or what is it that I'm trying to emphasize about this particular role? A captain speaks words of life. Their words are so much life, it mobilizes. Oh, did you hear what I've just said? How would we know a captain? A captain is a person that when he speaks or when he acts, because sometimes his acts of faith speaks also, it's able to bring and bound together a people. A captain is someone when he begins to speak, it mobilizes a people to act. That's who God is looking for in this time. Whether it be a first gen or a second gen or a third gen like an Esther Clark. What God is looking for are people whose words are so much life. It mobilizes others to respond likely. Respond likewise. This is what God is looking for. Not a silent person. But a person that will bring together a people. Remember what I said to you. Affliction alone does not bring a people together. It's a liberating voice. It's a person that says that we can carry out this, this thing. We can carry out this charge. And when they speak, it's not empty. There's a person whose faith is built up when they speak. That's a captain. That's who God is looking for. So look at what it said of Caleb verse 7 he said that I brought back word yeah to him as it was in my heart I want you to pay attention to this verse so that we can see what verse 8 actually tried to show us because every scripture is for our correction every scripture is to teach us why was this written for our sake it was said to us, I think in Romans 15, that all scripture was written beforehand for our sake, that we may have hope. These scriptures were for us, were written. The flaws of men, as well as the successes of some, were written for our sake. I think it's Romans 15, 4 or so. For whatever things were written before, were written for our learning. Do you see that? Everything that was written before was written for our learning. That's why we go back and we look into the stories of Joshua. We look into the exploits of David. Because actually God is not busy storytelling. It's for our learning. It's so that we know how to operate. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, yeah? That we, through the patience and comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. Go back to Joshua. Verse 7 again. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought back, and I brought back word to him as it was in my heart so you have to ask yourself leaders and i believe i'm speaking to leaders this morning you have to ask yourself are you convicted is there do you carry a certainty concerning a matter or are you like this because you see the people that are like this are actually more destructive than they think they are and that's why i want to show you in this scripture before i give you words of encouragement he says, I brought back words to him as it was in my heart. Now look at what the others brought back. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt. 
but I wholly follow the Lord my God. Look, I love the comment here that, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. What does that mean? Can you think with me this morning, that comment to say, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. What does that mean? He believed. You know what I need those of you that will become captains, if God is sitting over your life, if there's a conviction or if there's a movement in your heart that makes you believe that as I'm speaking that you're meant to be a captain of this work, you have to be careful of what you have come to believe. Do you know why you have to be careful of what you've come to believe? Because you can make a person's heart. The Bible says that when Caleb spoke, he spoke according to what was in his heart. We may not know directly the dialogue, but what we know was what, what he read to the people was what was in his heart. You may not be a well-spoken individual, but you can still convey your heart. What raises a generation is a heart speaking. When we talk about speaking, it's not about your words. It's actually about speaking is a deeper realm. It's a deeper realm of speaking. So when you hear Apostle Toby speaking, forget you may not be able to recite the talks, but you can definitely feel the, the words he's speaking because it's heart speaking. So what Caleb was able to bring to the children of Israel was his conviction of heart. He was speaking his heart to the people. But guess what? his contemporaries, the other captains, guess what they were also speaking? Their heart. That's why I say to captains or people that will be captains and I can't again name you, you will have to define you to the rest of the family. You will have to rise and say, I'm a captain. We will have to see your stories of faith and know that this person's a captain. We will have to see how you mobilize when it comes to raising finances and see you as a captain or when it comes to raising people or how influential you've become in making people accept your mindset. We will know you as a captain but what we have to be careful of is what we have come to believe because that's the only thing you will read to a generation and that's what you will make a person's heart to be so look at what verse 8 says the contemporaries they also spoke their hearts nevertheless go on my brethren who went up with me made, made the heart of the people melt they read their own fear to the people they read their own doubt to the people. Remember that these people had not, the people that they came to speak to had not seen Canaan. So truly what they needed were leaders that will speak hope. But these people spoke fear and now poisoned, oh God. They poisoned the whole team. They poisoned the whole army. They poisoned the whole people. But what was God looking for? captains who speak life whose words were so much life that it mobilizes a people it mobilizes a people it makes a people it makes even the youngest among you the smallest among you believe that they can take nations that's going to be according to the captain who spoke to them nevertheless my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt you have to ask yourself what have you come to believe because even if you come to speak a word 
even if you come to hold the mic and you say yes we can take the world yes you are speaking with your mouth we can take the world but the only thing that's being transported or conveyed to the person hearing you is your heart so we can hear that I'm not afraid but your heart will tell us I'm trying to tell you that the words you speak are more spiritual. Do not forget these words when we say that the words I speak to you are spiritual and life. They engage not with your body, but with your soul, with your spirit. And it's from there that you are mobilized. So we will know a leader. It's not about, or we will know a captain. It is not about the words that they've recited to repeat. Or the words that they've remembered that they can recite, I mean. No, it's going to be what they've come to believe because Caleb said, but I wholly followed the Lord. Can it be said of you that you wholly followed Apostle Obi or Apostle Toby or what is being read to you in the nations? Do you believe that? Because you will see things that come against the things that you heard. But if you believe, that's what you're going to give to the rest of the people. I'm trying to tell you that if an army, if a generation will be mobilized, it will be based on what we read back to the people. If we're able to tell the nation, now Europe is ripe, it's going to be based on us. One, what we've, what we've come to believe, because what we've come to believe would then make our words effective or destructive. Read verse 8 for me again. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. So what you want to be as a captain, because this is what I'm giving you the definition of a captain. If you would enter that space, is going to be left to your own conviction. It's going to be left to your own belief. It's going to be left to if you're daring enough to take that spot. A captain must be able to speak and mobilize their house, mobilize their people, mobilize their companions. When you speak, people receive life. What the other, what the other captains, because they had fear in their heart, I don't know for sure if they came. You know, the Bible is very proverbial. I don't know if they came to say we can't do it. I think that would have been too blatant of them. Are you listening to what I'm saying? How do I gauge these things? Let me give you an example. If I send 12 to go and do something, I think their regard for me, even if they feared, I think they will speak what I want to hear. There's no way that 12 are going to see all that Moses did and 10 of them will be that blatant to say, no, we can't do it. I think, honestly, from patterns, I think they all came back and said, we can do it. But 10 of them read their fear. I'm trying to say to you, fear and also faith is spiritual. So what you want to be are people whenever you speak or whenever you rise to do something. Or if a pastor Obi or any of the leaders set you a target, just your engagement to reach it will mobilize people to also respond. What you must not be are the 10 who when they spoke, their words rendered the people useless. Their fear rendered the rest of the people useless. So if a house is speaking fear or if a house is even speaking lack, 
if you're looking at the lack of your house and you're speaking lack you're only reading lack even if you're trying to say it's faith you're only reading lack to that house so for me I only have to speak in the millions because that's what I see now if you're following what I've been saying to you I said to you that Moses himself had not yet seen the land of Canaan imagine at this point Moses still had not seen the land of Canaan but he was so convicted that there was milk and honey flowing because he wholly believed the Lord his God we need people who speaks life to everyone not who's going to render the hearts of the people useless so let's look at some of the other scriptures of encouragement I want to give or scriptures of instructions. Give me one of them. Proverbs what? 16. Proverbs 16, go on. Verse 21. Yeah. The wise in hearts will be called understanding. Yeah. And sweet speech increases persuasiveness and learning. Do you see that? I want you to look at this. The wise in heart will be called understanding and sweet speech increases persuasiveness. Yeah. And learning. In both. Speaker and listener. Go on. Understanding spiritual insight is a refreshing and boundless wellspring of life to those who have it. But, but to give instruction and correction to fools is foolishness. The heart of the wise instructs his mouth in wisdom. Do you see that? The heart of the wise instructs his mouth. His words are instructed. They don't just speak. He has control over his words. He is deliberate and intentional about his words. If he speaks a certain way, if he uses choice words, it's intentional because he knows what he's trying to achieve. He's trying to, he's trying to persuade a people to adopt his own mindset. The heart of the wise instructs his mouth in wisdom, yeah? And adds persuasiveness to his lips. And adds substance to what he says. Verse 24 is where I'm going. Pleasant words are like a honeycomb. Look at this. Pleasant words. Words that are needed, that are necessary, are like a honeycomb, yeah? Sweet and delightful to the soul. They are sweet and delightful to the soul, yeah? And healing to the body. Maybe read this in the New King James as well. Just the verse 24. It's delightful to the soul. And it brings healing to the bones. Go on. These were scriptures as PT was speaking yesterday. These were the scriptures that came to my heart. That these words, the words you now speak, must be able to bring health to the bones. Meaning that if a person is healthy, they're fully functioning. Do you understand that? They can function properly. So your word has to be life-giving. Captains are life-givers. Go on. Pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul. Sweetness to the soul. So even if a soul is battling with all kinds of torment or anguish, when you speak, you add sweetness to them. You give them life and also what? And health to the bone. A, a person that is unhealthy cannot function properly. But when you speak, even a person that is down receives ability to stand and move. You mobilize them. Give me another scripture. Pro, Proverbs 18, verse yep. 21. Go on. Words kill. Words give life. 
the either poison or fruit you choose. Can you read that once more for me? Go on. Words kill. Words kill. I want you to understand the power of your words, but the words you will speak will all be based on what you've come to believe in your heart. That's my emphasis. So your words will either kill or... Words give life. Or your words will give life. They are either what? Poison or fruit. You choose. They are either destructive or life-giving. These are the words I need you to hear this morning as we get out into the world, as we start to take worlds, take territories, as we begin to mobilize ourselves because for us to carry out this work, it's now going to be the engagement. It's how well a person can mobilize somebody. As you hear Apostle Obi speak, you go back to the little influences you have, even within yourselves, and you begin to speak words that mobilize each other. Your words either kills or your words give life. Life. they are either poison or they are fruit you choose give me another scripture i think i had one more with you proverbs 13 verse 14 go on the teaching of the wise is a fountain and source of life so it must be said of you when we are looking when we're trying to find out who are these captains we must know them as teachers of wisdom the teachers of the teaching of the wise. So when you hear them speak, they are a fountain or a source of life. So people must be able to identify if Remy becomes a captain in the wealth family. It must be that people come to her when they feel like they're low in life. They are able to come to hear her speak and they are mobilized. They receive life again. It's like someone, you know, when you hear something's a fountain, you go there to drink of. When you're thirsty, you go back there. It must be seen that when people go to a Tony, they receive refreshing again. They are refreshed. I just wanted to say to you this morning that I believe that in order for us to go out into taking nations, there now has to be the setting up of captains. So I may have usually, or before this moment, I may have said, oh, you're a leader, you're this, you're that. I'm not even saying I'm defining any captain. I'm saying you can choose. You can make yourself a captain. And that's why I wanted to show you in the scriptures from Joshua that the people that come to speak to the people must be people that mobilize people into life. They must not be people that in their own um because some people do not do this intentionally, subconsciously. Absent-minded people can read their fear to another person. You must be people who are intentional with your mind and then with your words. We have to ask ourselves when it comes to mobilizing finances, you can't be the person that is speaking to yourself, let alone to a people, how you cannot achieve a target. You must be someone that is constantly speaking out of your mouth, but speaking also in your character, in what you do. Everyone in the house of souls are meant to be people who are able to say, yes, we can achieve this. I saw a France, a Pastor Francis right. I personally am convinced that I can bring a thousand souls. That must not be talk alone. We will know your heart. But the house with him must be able to say, this is what we achieved. Those working with Apostle Corinne, the house of prosperity, must everyone there must be life givers, captains. 
They must be captains. Because what is happening is that, like I said to you, before this moment, we may not know you. But because now there's an agenda for us to go out into the world and take it, you can be found as a captain of a hundred. How do people become a captain of a hundred or a thousand? It's how much life, how, how much of a life giver they became. If five people feel you uh, can see you to be a life giver then you become a captain of five if a hundred people can see you as a life giver life giver then you become a captain of a hundred i'm saying you have the you have it in your own hands it is yours to decide if you become a captain in this work but what must you be careful of what you have come to believe because of what you can make people's hearts to be so I want to be someone that when people see me, they can see the achievement of the impossible. That's what I want people to see when they come to me. I want people to know that, yes, you could have grown up poverty, um, um, hit by poverty and enslaved by poverty. But when you see a Pastor Obi, you will have faith to get up out of it. You know it's possible. So what are we looking for? Captains that are life givers. This is what we're looking for. And that starts with your soul winning. That starts with your giving. When our targets, you remind yourself that I'm a captain. And people are going to see me a certain way. I've said this to many of you. I'm not saying that captains will not experience fear. I'm just saying that captains chose courage. I'm not saying that you will not be emotional. But you channel those emotions. I've said before, there are many times before I've left my room, I've had to psych up myself. These are not, these are, in, look, these are real words I'm saying to you. There are times before I've opened the door, I've had to shrug off things so that others are not discouraged. Why? Because I know that there are people whose faith banks on mine. That's a captain. So when a captain begins to walk in this family now, whether it's an Emily or Jojo, whoever it is, they are, they, they are fully aware that their countenance also speaks. Their countenance gives life. Their words must be intentional because they give life. The things that they choose to engage and fight in, they do so intentionally because they know that they can inspire others. I want to end it here. What is God looking for now in the family? Before now, it's all of you just sitting under myself and the leaders. What is God looking for? Captains. So I'm going to ask Pastor Ashley to come back. We'll sing just one song to close. But I want you to go back and think on these words. Please, I do ask you to ponder on these words. You give the song that she, she should sing. I want you to ponder on these words. Don't make this another morning that just escapes you. I want you, if you have ever seen yourself or believed that you're a leader... Determined to not be a leader by title, be a leader by exploits, that people will begin to call you king before you've had a throne. That's what they saw of David. David's courage made them understand him to be king. They saw how he behaved and they realized, no, this was meant to be the king. So don't be someone holding a title, but there's no exploits. A pastor Elohim must understand now that he's a captain. And must determine to be that. So now if we have been playing before. If we have been out of action before. If we have been 
um, immature before. Now you have to understand that there's a core in the spirit now for captains that can mobilize a people so that we can take lands. That's what God is looking for. So I'll stop here and I'll leave it over to Livingstone or to Pastor Ashley Livingstone just for us to allow these words to settle. I love you all. Go for it. <laughs>